Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you all about girl math and why you might want to think twice about playing into what is portrayed as like a fun and lighthearted social media trend. Now I put that into quotation marks and I know what you're probably thinking at this point. Maybe one of two things. Lindsay, just get a sense of humor. It is fun and lighthearted. But let me tell you why it might not actually be that fun or that lighthearted. And secondly, you also might be thinking, hey, is this not a health and fitness podcast? Why are we talking about this? Because they're actually connected. As a PT and nutrition coach who primarily works with women who want to change their body composition, usually losing body fat, when they come to me, they're not feeling overly confident with themselves, with their body, their choices, or maybe even their knowledge or skills in the area of health and fitness. And that makes people feel really insecure and vulnerable. Couple that with maybe some body image or self-image issues because of previous experiences or past conditioning. And all of a sudden, it's a lot more complex than just eat less and move more. Here's a plan to eat less and move more. It's just not that simple. As we know, there are a lot of underlying behaviors and thought patterns that we have in our subconscious that make us exhibit certain behaviors or choices. And when we look at something like girl math, Often it is using self-deprecating humor in order to justify something we may know that is not quite a positive decision for that particular circumstance or situation. Sometimes it is because we just don't want to feel judgment either from ourselves or from others, or maybe we're feeling particularly insecure about something. Now, this goes hand in hand with what we tell ourselves. And I work a lot with my clients on their mindset because ultimately changing the mindset that you have about yourself, your behaviors and your beliefs will change your behavior patterns. And that's often what it comes down to. So when people are talking about girl math, and if you don't know what it is, it is these women usually filming themselves on social media and they might be making a purchase or they've made a purchase and they will say to their friend or their significant other, oh my goodness, I just bought this bag on sale and it was practically free because it was 50% off. Hashtag girl math. Or maybe they'll say, oh, I bought this with cash. So it's like it never happened. Hashtag girl math. The other one that I've seen that's quite common, which I have sort of like less of an ick or less of a problem with, is where they're trying to justify the item by working out the cost per wear. And they might say, oh, look, I'm going to wear this at least 12 times. So that's only going to cost me, you know, like $20 per wear or whatever it is. And then they've got some other friend like reassuring them, like, that's practically free. That's so cheap. And then they're like, hashtag girl math. Now, the reason that this icks me is because it's implying that you do not have autonomy or choice over your own behaviors. So what you're doing is you're using self-deprecating humor to push the blame or justify why you're making such a choice. Now, generally, if somebody is pretty confident in a particular area, they don't need to come up with three or four reasons as to why they made the choice. Now, this happens a lot when I'm working with women, particularly in the first few weeks of a program. And they are making a real concerted effort to make some changes. But, you know, all behavior patterns creep in. We're not going to, like Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't just go, oh, okay, I'm on a program and all of your behavior patterns go out the window. Absolutely not. But say that they maybe engage in some sort of like binge eating behavior or maybe they just like mindlessly start eating something. When they tell me about it, often they'll say, oh, I've just had a snack accident. Hmm, sorry, didn't mean that. 
And that implies to me that you had absolutely zero conscious choice over what you were doing. And I do know that, yes, old behavior patterns can creep in and sometimes there are some triggers that lead us to mindlessly eat or emotionally eat. But instead of using self-deprecating humor or like a funny way to like cover it up and not take ownership of it, I'll often encourage my clients to say, that's okay. What was the situation that that happened in? Rather than going, oh, snacks it in and me going, oh, that's okay. It happens because that doesn't teach you anything. It also means that we're just trying to cover up like a trigger or a like sticking point that you might have in a behavior pattern. And people do this with girl math. And what it's really saying is I have no control over my finances or I need to justify why I'm making this purchase to you. Or maybe I feel like I already know that this wasn't the best financial decision right now, but I'm going to justify it by telling you how many times I'm going to wear it, which makes it a really, really good investment. Now, what is sort of the outlier to this, I suppose, is if you were somebody who has some disposable income and you would like to make a financial investment in, say, an investment piece, something that you know that you're going to wear for a really, really long time, whether that be a good quality pair of shoes or maybe it's a handbag or maybe it's an investment piece of jewelry. Say, for example, some people really enjoy designer bags and that's absolutely fine because if they have disposable income and they have the money for it, they're probably maybe going to use that bag for, say, five or 10 years in a row. It also has really great resale value So all of a sudden you are actually making an investment rather than it just being like, oh, this is a bit of a fast fashion piece. And in three years, I'm never going to see this bag again. I don't even want to know about it, even though that it cost me six or seven, eight hundred dollars, whatever it was. Probably not. But you'll say, oh, that's okay because I wore that bag like at least 15 times. So that only cost me X amount per wear. And when you're justifying those decisions, it probably is a bit of a sign that maybe you might not be in the right position to be making that decision. Now, the reason that I know this to be true is because I used to work in finance and I used to work with some of the most incredible, intelligent, smart women who really were at the top of their game in probably what was more of a male-dominated industry. Now, these women, I admired them so much, they would walk into a room and just exude confidence. They under, they knew their shit. They knew it back to front. So they had a lot of confidence in that area. I can guarantee you not one of them ever walked into a boardroom with a new bag and said, hey guys, got my new bag on sale, hashtag girl math. Absolutely not. Because they were really confident and they have a set of beliefs and values and experiences about themselves that say, I'm really great with my finances. I don't need to justify my purchases or my choices to anybody because I understand them and I'm confident in that area of my life. So when you're not confident in a particular area, sometimes you will use this self-deprecating humor in order to mask that or cover it up. Think about if you've ever like worn a particular outfit or new dress and it's like you are wearing a suit of armor that is going to repel every comment that's compliment or comment that is positive to you. And somebody be like, oh, I love that outfit on you. Be like, thanks, I got it from Target. It's so cheap. You should go and get one. Like that's the reason that you decided to wear it that day is because it was an item that you got on sale. No, my friend, you decided to wear it because it makes you feel really good and you really enjoy that particular design or clothing or however it makes you feel. So a reasonable response, if you're really confident in that choice, is thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's really, really nice. But for some reason, we have all been sort of conditioned, not all of us, but a lot of us have been conditioned to sort of think, oh, I need to deflect everything that's positive. And a lot of the time that comes down to our own sort of like beliefs that we have about ourselves. So when it comes to, to girl math, it plays into the fact that girls aren't smart at math. So not true because I've met a lot of girls that are really, really good at math. I... <laughs> I'm laughing because I really really like math. I really like formula. I really like data. And I often say that when I'm collecting data, when you're working with me on the program, whether that be through like measurements and progress photos, I like seeing the patterns of things because that helps us improve. It's funny. I really like numbers, but will I always give you extra reps without realizing it? Yes. You know, this girl can like 
struggle to count to 15 when she's looking at your reps because I'm often looking at your form. So that's usually where I'm going with that. But loves formula, loves data, loves numbers because it can tell us so much about how we want to improve. So using the hashtag girl math theory is just sort of like playing into this stereotype that you don't have control over your choices, which you absolutely do. And I really get confused by it because in one corner we have women, you know, wanting to say like equality, we're just as good as our counterparts. I want to be taken seriously. And then on the other hand, we play into this, like, I can't really count. So I'm going to do like 50% off as free. Like, and it doesn't make any sense. So I like my clients to get really clear on who they are and what their limiting beliefs might be. Girl math perpetuates a self-limiting belief. It's like self-doubt that you don't have the capacity to make that choice or I probably shouldn't be making this decision right now. So I'm just going to cover it up with a little bit of ditzy humor and hope that my partner doesn't judge me, even though you're probably judging yourself. And that's exactly what happens when people use labels about themselves. So I used to label myself the 70% girl. I've spoken about this before. And I would do everything pretty much to 70%. Even to like washing dishes, I would leave like one thing in the sink. And Robbie would be like, why did you just leave one spoon? And I'd be like, I have no idea. And then I would go, oh, it's because I'm the 70% girl. doesn't matter. And I would just brush it off like that. But then I was like, why don't I finish things off? Why can't I do things 100%? And then I realized it was because I had pitted myself as always the 70%. Near enough was always good enough. And then I thought, well, I'm not really getting the results that I want. And like, I'm not talking about not washing a spoon, but like say even in my own health and fitness goals, near enough was good enough. I'd get just shy of where I really thought that I wanted to be because I was afraid of failing because I believed that all the other times that I had done something, I had never made it to the end. So I told myself, this story in my head, you'll never get there. Just stop now. This is good enough. Don't worry. Just be happy and content with where you are. So I never pushed through that barrier. And I see that in women that I train all the time. We get to a point where we're like, I don't want to go anymore. This feels too uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar territory. I don't want to do it. But I can tell you that when you have confidence in a particular area of your life, it flows on into other areas. Say, for example, those you know women I was talking about before, because they were really confident in their abilities with you know working in finance and a male-dominated industry, they were feeling really good about their choices. They would never walk in and use self-deprecating humor. I don't think I ever once, with all the amazing women that I had contact with, none of them would ever say, if somebody said, oh, that's a really nice outfit, they would be like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was from you know, whatever place that it was from. And it wasn't said in a way of like, oh, like I just bought it because it was on sale. It was like, no, this is where it's from if you want to know because maybe you want to go and get one. It was always like that. They just exuded this different type of confidence. And I always want women that I work with to understand how amazing and strong they are because quite often we just think that we're not enough. And sometimes we play into these roles because whatever beliefs you have about yourself, that is going to be what you play into every single time. If you tell yourself that you're a night owl and that you can never get up early, you will always be the night owl that never gets up early. But if you say, I believe that I can get up early, I'm going to start making some changes. And you start saying to yourself, like, I am healthy. Not like the, oh, I've always been a smoker. I've always been a sweet tooth. If you say that, you're going to believe it. You're going to act in that way. And that's your reason for justifying why you made that choice. I used to say all the time, like, I am such a sweet tooth. I just love sweet things. And so every time I would get hungry or I'd be having like a little bit of a, you know, an emotional day or something would trigger me, I'd be like, oh, it's okay. I'm just going to go and get some chocolate. I am that sweet tooth. Can't say no. I just can't say no. So in actual fact, I say no all the time. I can say no. You know, actually teach my clients how to say no effectively and why saying no sometimes feels really, really good. So I like to challenge the fact that this girl math 
doesn't make sense for what we're trying to achieve. Like as, you know, a collective women as a whole, you know, we're, we're constantly saying that we're equal to men, but then we just want to play into something that we feel a little bit insecure about. The best way to become confident in something is to get experience in it. So if you want to become more confident with your finances or whatever it is, start to learn about it. If you want to get more confident with your health and fitness, start to learn about it and repeat those behaviors, even when it becomes challenging, right? Because that's going to happen. And each time it's like riding a bike, right? I always say this to clients. I was like, Ride, learning to ride a bike, very few people just get up and they get on the bike, right? It takes a little bit of practice. Some days you're going to have really good balance and coordination and you're not going to fall off. Other days you're going to feel a little bit different depending on what's going on and you might fall off a few times, but you're going to get you back up. And if your child was learning to ride a bike or tie their shoelaces, if they fell off or one day it didn't quite go to plan, you aren't going to yell at them. But when we say maybe deviate from a health and fitness thing that we're doing or maybe we, you know, make a purchase that we shouldn't have done, we often get really, really mad at ourselves and we talk to ourselves really, really poorly like, oh, you can't do this. No, you're just absolutely useless. I knew that you couldn't do it. Instead of going, okay, well, what was the reasoning behind why that happened? How do I stop that? from happening again. You see, the subconscious mind plays a significant role into shaping your beliefs, your attitudes, and that will ultimately shape your choices. So these subconscious beliefs, they're formed over time through a combination of experiences, observations, potentially cultural influences, and your own like personal interpretations. So these beliefs will operate beneath the surface of our conscious awareness. So they will influence your thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and they'll also influence how you filter information. So the formation of your beliefs will happen from like a pretty early age. A lot of people can, if they struggle with, whether it be health and fitness or their weight, can often pinpoint a time where somebody might've briefly said something to them that made them believe that that's the way that they were. One of the examples that I'll often give is if you had a mum who struggled with weight and people might say, oh my gosh, your daughter, as in you, looks so much like your mum. And you might have then heard your mum just going, oh, I've just got the biggest thighs in the world. I've got absolute thunder thighs. I've got to start doing something about them. You as a child who thinks that you're a carbon copy of your mum starts to think and believe that you also have the biggest thighs in the world because everyone has just said, your daughter's so much like you. And you start to develop these things and these little issues around how you feel and think about your body. And this is why it is so important to mind your language, not only for yourself, but for those kids and people around you, because the formation of your beliefs happens really, really early on. And well-meaning, people don't realize that kids are absorbing so much at such a young age. And we don't realize that because we start to form these beliefs, that then we start to filter information differently, right? And as you grow up, say we're talking about that particular example, if you went out a night and some guy goes, oh, you know, like she's got like, you know, thighs like Kim Kardashian or JLo, instead of seeing it as a compliment, you start to go, I've got the biggest thighs in the world because you filtered the information differently and that person might actually have been like I really love the look of like JLo or Kim Kardashian you know they find that actually really really attractive but you're not going to see it that way because you formed this belief about yourself so a subconscious mind filters this information and selectively interprets and processes data based on our own existing beliefs so if you're like oh I'm ditzy girl math I can't control my money or my spending but I'll cover it up with self-deprecating humor you're probably going to make some poor financial choices you're probably going to be somebody that's like, oh, really 
didn't need to do that. I can't afford that. I know that in my like 20s, I definitely got myself into situations like that. And I was like, oh, that's okay. I'll just, it'll be fine. I'll just work it out, put it on my credit card, whatever. It's fine until it's not fine. And then you start to feel really sort of icky or guilty about some of the choices that you've made because you know that wasn't necessarily what you wanted, but you're maybe trying to cover up something you were insecure about or maybe that you weren't confident with. So we can also be really, really influenced by our emotions, okay? So depending on, you know, your own previous sort of experiences, sometimes certain emotional triggers can like influence negative behavior patterns, but it can also happen in reverse. If we hold positive beliefs about ourselves or certain situations, sometimes we're more likely to experience positive emotions, right? So for example, if you know that you'd been through like some sort of particularly hard time before. If you find yourself in hard times, whether that be financial or whether you find yourself being like, oh, you know what? Like I've gotten myself back into a situation where I don't feel like my health and fitness is really on track. I'm not feeling that confident. You're like, actually, I've definitely done this before. I've shown myself that I can do it. I'm just going to do it again. Absolutely. So you can pick yourself up and you can keep going. You'd be like, okay, instead of feeling negative and guilty about this, I am going to feel really positive because I know that I'm strong. I know that I can get through this again. I'm just going to push on. And all of a sudden your belief in yourself has changed. You're somebody who can do it, not somebody who can't do it because you've fallen back into old behavior patterns. So these beliefs will contribute to your formation of habits, okay? Our repeated behaviors are rooted in underlying beliefs about what is rewarding, comforting, or necessary. So say, for example, can also work in the positive or negative. If you're somebody who deals with stress by having wine or chocolate or something like that, if you allow yourself to, if you're, I'm a sweet tooth, right? You have a stressful day, you go home and you soothe yourself with some chocolate because I'm a sweet tooth. That's how I deal with it. Every time you have a stressful day, you're going to be triggered to want to go and form that habit. But if you're somebody who says, actually, I used to be a sweet tooth and now I really enjoy meditation, right? And you start setting your habit up that every time you have a stressful day, instead of going directly to the pantry, you go, okay, I'm just going to set myself up 10 minutes, pop my earphones in, put on your binaural beats or whatever it is that you like to meditate to and sit for 10 minutes. You've then placed some space between you and the trigger and then decide whether or not you feel like you want to make a conscious choice to have, you know, that item. Nine out of 10 times, you're probably not going to because you've changed your state and you also start to form another habit. So then when you have a different stimulus all of a sudden your choices and your behaviors are different. You know, I will tell my clients this all the time that we are often triggered by sights, smells, sounds, and previous experiences. So if you're somebody who went to the movies and you always got popcorn at the movies, right? Every time you go into a dark cinema and you smell popcorn, you are going to want it until you decide that you don't really want it anymore. I don't really feel like I need to do that. I feel like I'm working on my health and fitness. It's absolutely fine. When you decide to make that change and you form a belief that you can do it, you do it. You'll go into the cinema, you'll either take nothing or you'll have your drink, you'll take your own food and then you'll sit there and then it'll be absolutely fine. Nine out of 10 times, we actually don't need to eat through a movie. It's two hours. Most of us have either had lunch before or we've gone out for dinner. We don't necessarily need something in the movie. We want it. And it's totally fine if you want to create a movie experience. It's not something that you do all the time, but make sure that it feels aligned with what you're trying to achieve. And this then will form your identity, your self-image and your identity. Our subconscious beliefs have a huge influence on our self-image and our identity. The beliefs we hold about our capabilities, worth and potential can and will impact the choices that we make and the paths we choose to pursue in life. Because if you keep telling yourself, I can't do something, I can't do something, you're not going to want to take risks. 
and go, yes, I actually can do that. It's okay. I always land on my feet. I have some amazing friends who have taken some huge leaps of faith in their life and they've always managed to land on the feet. They've done like five or six different careers and each and every one of them, every time I like watch them excel in a totally new area. And I think it's absolutely incredible because then the next time maybe they want to change careers or divert or pivot or do something like that. They're like, yeah, we know what it worked out last time. All right, I'm going to be totally fine. We start to believe in ourselves and our capabilities. The women that I've had on my program that have literally changed careers halfway through the program, you know, I've had people go from nursing to recruitment, right? Totally different areas, but they were like, you know what? I feel like I can really do that. I feel like I can really apply some of the skills from this to this. And it all comes with knowing that they can be capable and they can be confident. And a lot of times I see this because their health and fitness was an area they never felt like they had control over. Then all of a sudden they realized that they were capable. They believed in themselves. They've got confidence because they were like, it's not confidence because they lost weight, my friend. It's always confidence because of the process that they went through, the challenges that they overcame to get there. And then all of a sudden they realized, you know what? Like, I can overcome challenges. I can absolutely maybe go for that job. And you know what happens if I don't get it? Absolutely nothing. I'm still worth this. They know that they've got their own self-worth. And when you have a positive self-image, you will be open to change. When you have some negative self-beliefs, you'll be resistant to change. You'll find everything a little bit harder, maybe a little bit more of an attack. Say, for example, if somebody was doing girl math and then I said to them, hey, you know what? That actually doesn't sound like it was a very good financial decision. They'd be like, well, what do you know? Like, that's okay. I can make the decisions that I want. They get really defensive instead of being like, oh, do you think? Like, you've got to be open to criticism and feedback. And when you have low confidence or low self-esteem, you automatically go on the negative, right? But somebody who's really confident and positive, they're open to it. Be like, oh, do you think? And then they can be like, actually, mm, I don't know if you're right on that one. I actually feel really good about the purchase. And they won't think anything of it. They won't dwell on it. They won't bother. They'll just keep going. They'll move forward. They don't hold on to the comment because it means nothing to them because they know in their subconscious that they made the right decision. And this is just a transferable skill that I love to teach and empower the women that I work with because it flows on into other areas of their life. And that's where I will often talk about how we want to change the way that we speak about ourselves. And I want women to stop using self-deprecating humor so badly. And I think that's why girl math grinds me so much because I don't want people to make jokes or remarks about themselves, highlighting what they perceive as a flaw or a shortcoming or a mistake. Okay. I think that poking fun at your own character, your abilities, your appearance or behavior in a lighthearted manner, I actually just don't think it's funny. And it's because the experience that I've had with so many women who don't believe that they're enough or who don't believe in themselves. And it's, it's part of my job to show that to them. I remember long, long time ago after the breakdown of my like first relationship, I just felt like I just felt like I'd exploded into a million pieces. And it just so happened that I'd come across a couple of individuals who really were great at lifting me up. And all of a sudden I felt like, you know, and there's this analogy about a mirror ball, right? Well, like we're all there to shine. And I just felt like this person was able to put back all of the pieces together and I was able to become myself. And she made me realize that like, I definitely had a lot to offer as me, not as the person I thought that I needed to be. And now I know that I carry that with me when I'm training a client. I know that because I can see in them what they can't see in themselves. And when we use this self-mockery of girl math or, you know, I'm just the funny fat friend, like I absolutely hate that. Like it, it makes me feel sad because you don't want to exaggerate what you perceive as a flaw or as something that you're insecure about or not comfortable with, okay? You don't need to 
downplay your accomplishments. You are a perfectly amazing, intelligent, smart person that can make your own decisions without having to justify girl math as the reason of why you're doing it or a snaccident as the reason. But we do this because we want to diffuse tension. It's a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's a bonding mechanism. But often changing what you think about yourself means that you will change your behaviors. So if you have one takeaway from this, my friend, I mean, you can still use girl math if you want to and you do believe it's funny like by all means go for it but please make sure that you're confident in your choices all of them whether that be financial or health or fitness food otherwise because ultimately it's going to come down to how you feel about yourself and I always want my clients to be the best version of themselves because then they're going to make the best decisions for themselves so let me know your own takeaways from this one my friend and let me know if you enjoyed it I am always open to your feedback. We are coming up to the end of the year, but don't worry, the podcasts will still keep on coming because I enjoy making them all for you so much. And if there's any topic that you want to know more about, let me know on my socials because I want to know what you need to know. So once you know, you know.